This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom Aleichem, everyone. Thank you, 345 on a Sunday, coming to learn Torah. We're very excited. We're very excited. Today's, today's subject is... Is... Is Rezus. What does Rezus mean? Fast. Got to get it done fast. Don't think about it so much. Usually, if you think about it too much, you end up not doing it. So, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories, but I'm going to talk about um, two very famous things that happened in the Torah that have to do with Zvizas. One of them, a huge Chiddush, a Chiddush Gadol Ma'od. In Pashas Bishalach, in Pashas Bishalach, the Klai Yisrael is stuck. Sometimes girls, we're stuck. Doesn't look good behind us, and it doesn't look good in front of us. Klai Yisrael were behind them were the Mitzrim, and in front of them was the Yamsuf. Where are they going to go? What are they going to do? They're stuck. So the Pusik says the following. The nation says, we're stuck. What's going to happen to us? We're going to die in the midway. Don't worry. Now, listen carefully, everyone, because it seems to be that Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, um, don't do anything. It's Yatsu. Just stay here. And you'll see the Yeshua of Hashem that he's going to do for you. The way you see Mitzrayim today, you will never see them again. God will fight for you. And you relax. Okay, so really, Hashem, right? Hashem first is your whole your whole subject over here. So really, this sounds amazing, right? You're not going to do nothing. Just sit back, and Hashem's going to fight for you, and you can just sit and relax. And Moshe Rabbeinu began to daven, and Klai began to daven, began to say to Hillel, they began to daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is a passage that's very hard to understand. And Hashem says to Moshe, Why are you davening? Tell them, stop davening and get it done. Go. Ask all the Mepharshim. What are you talking about? What, why is Hashem saying, why are you calling out to me? When a Jew is in trouble, what do we do? When, when, you, when you're having a problem, what do you do? You dive into Hashem. So what did Moshe Rabbeinu do wrong here? A very, very important lesson about Jesus, about Tefillah. So Tefillah doesn't always work. What are you saying, Rabbi Wallachim? So in this situation... They were davening to Hashem. Now, they were davening to Hashem in the natural way. If you daven to Hashem, Hashem's going to answer. He's going to save Christ. So there was a problem here, though. When the nation were davening to Hashem, please, Hashem, save us from Mitzrayim. Do something with the Yamsuf. We got to get out of here. The Malachim in Shemayim, the Malach of the ocean, said to Hashem, just like the Jews served the way the Mitzvah served the way so the Jews served the way You want me to change my teva. You want me to change my nature. I'm not going to change my nature. They're just as bad as the Mitzvah. So in this case, tefillah would not have helped the Jews because the Jews were equal to the Mitzvah. Hashem knew that there are sometimes girls that davening is not enough, but you have to take an action. And the action which you need to take, that will be the Yeshua. So Hashem said, normally you're right, you're in trouble, you're stuck, you should daven. But in this case, what are you screaming? Don't scream. Jump into the Yamsa. So one Jew, one Jew, not the whole Paisro, not Moshe Rabbeinu, not Aaron Akoin, not Shemir Aminadov. 
said, it's time for action. And he jumped into the answer. The Medrash says something interesting. The water went up to his shoulders. It didn't split. The water went up to his mouth. It didn't split. The water went over his mouth. It didn't split. So here you are. He's standing in the ocean. Blah, blah, blah. He can't, there's water over his mouth. He can't, right? Still didn't split. Then the Medrash says the water went over his nose. Now he's going to die because he can't breathe. And when the water went over his nose, the Yamsuf split. Why? Why did Hashem wait till it went over his nose? Because he was Moisenefesh that naturally, he could not live. He went into the water, like Hashem said, but as long as the water was below his nose, he could still breathe. Of course, it wasn't comfortable, but he could breathe. Once the water went over his nose, he couldn't breathe anymore. Once he couldn't breathe, he broke Teva. Because with Teva, a human being would drown. So, Mida Kineged Mida, you were Moise Nefesh for me, said Hashem, breaking your Teva. Then I will break the Teva. And the whole Yamsa from one side all the way to the other side, which is a very long way, split. Because Nachshim and Aminadav didn't think about it, didn't take his time. But he jumped in. When he jumped in, he was Moisa Nefesh to Hashem. Sometimes we don't deserve a miracle. We don't deserve a miracle. But how do we get that miracle? We get that miracle by an action, by going against Teva. Now, how many girls who are listening? I don't know how many girls are listening, but how many girls that are listening? Like, how do you break Teva? Like, like Ryan Watson, you want me to jump in the ocean? Like, like what, what do you want me to do? Jump off a building? You commit suicide. You, you, you're gonna, you, it's not going to be good. So, like, how do you break your Teva? How does a person break their Teva? Let me tell you a story from Rathchaim Kayanevsky that I heard many years ago. Sorry about that. So, um, the story goes like this that there was there was a, a man who didn't have children for 12 for like 12 15 years he, him and his wife didn't have any children and they came to Kaneski and his wife said listen I don't want a bracha because we've been getting brachas for the last 15 years from the biggest tzaddikim I don't want a bracha I want a promise I want a haftacha I want a promise from Chaim that we're going to have children okay so he's going to do this for his wife, 100%. And he comes to Reb Chaim and he says, Reb Chaim, this is my wife's name, this is my name. We haven't had children for 15 years. My wife wants Reb Chaim to give a haftacha. Reb Chaim says, what do the doctors say? What do the doctors say? The doctor says, my wife can never have children. Never. Should I get divorced? Should I marry someone else? Like, what should I do? Chaim said, I'll give you a bracha. You should have children. He said, no, 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 no. We've been getting brachas. We need a haftacha. And Chaim said, I can't give haftachas. I can't give haftachas. Who am I to give haftacha? I'm not a, uh, I'm not a Navi. I'm not much Rabbeinu. I can't give you a promise. But I know someone. Listen to this, girls. I know someone that if they give you a haftacha, it always comes true. Really? There's someone bigger than you, Rav Chaim? He said, if you meet a person who gets insulted in public and doesn't answer, get a bracha, have tacha from them, and it will definitely come true. Okay? He comes back out, and, and, he, and he, let me disconnect the phone. Hold on one second. Oh, you know why this phone. Anyway, so he comes back out and he tells his wife, "No, no, Rav Chaim gave you havtocha." No. What's wrong with you? I told you to get a havtocha. No, no, but he told me that if we meet a person who gets embarrassed and doesn't answer, if they give us havtocha, we'll have a child. She goes, "And you know someone like that?" He goes, "No." She says, so what'd you do? You messed up. All right, what are you going to do? Three months later, this lady who didn't have children is at a wedding in B'nai Barak. 
and the girl was getting married, her parents were divorced, and the mother had done something very wrong. That's why she was she was suspected with other men, whatever. That's why she got divorced. So she wasn't invited to the wedding. She was not invited to the wedding. This woman who had no children was invited to the wedding. She's at this wedding, and it seems to be that the mother, even though she wasn't invited to the wedding, decided to come to go dance with her daughter. And she walks into the wedding, and the ex-mother-in-law starts screaming, you lowlife, you destroyed my son, you destroyed my grandchildren, you balavera, get out of this, get out of the wedding hall, don't you go near my granddaughter, mamish, kailais, ubrakim, embarrassing this woman beyond anything you can imagine. And this poor lady, the, 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 the mother of the, of the girl, the divorced mother, so embarrassed, runs out of the hall. And Mamash, the people were like, like the mother-in-law was so mean and in front of everyone. And this woman sitting there, she's like, wow, I never saw anything. I'm like, oh, this is her. She just got embarrassed in front of everyone. And she didn't answer her mother-in-law back. She runs after her outside the wedding. And... This lady sees a woman late, running after. She thinks it's the mother-in-law sent someone, but she runs even faster. Anyway, finally, she catches up. To her. She says, what do you want from me? The embarrassment wasn't enough? She says, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Listen to me. I'm married 15 years, and I don't have any children. Could you give me a haftacha, a promise that by next year I'll have a child? She goes, me? Didn't you hear? She called me a lowlife from a nobody. Go to Chaim, go to a big tzaddik, go get a haftachah. She says, no, you don't understand. You were embarrassed in public and you didn't say one word back. Rav Chaim said, you have the power to give a haftachah. It's a true story. Rav Chaim says over the story. So she goes, ah, I'm a nobody, but okay. Next year at this time, you should make a beautiful bris on your little baby boy. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. And give me your phone number and Mitzvah Hashem. If I make such a bris, I promise I'll invite you. The Kachoya girls. A year later, she makes a bris. She gets pregnant. She makes a bris on a little baby boy. How do I know the story? Rav Chaim says it over because Rav Chaim was the Sandik of this little baby boy. So they went over to Rav Chaim afterwards and they said, I don't understand. Very nice what happened with this lady. She got embarrassed. She didn't answer. But Chaim, she was suspected of not being a good woman. Like, why would she have more power than you? And he said, because the doctors said that this woman can never have children. So she needed a miracle. She needed some Hashem to break, to break the Derech HaTeva. So that can only come from a person who broke their Derech HaTeva. And it's the Derech HaTeva, the nature of a person when they get insulted, the nature of the person to answer back. And if you don't answer back, you have the Koyach of doing miracles. Mamish People who can't have children, to give them children. To do miracles. People who are sick with cancer, who they say have no chance, to totally heal them. Because normally they can't be healed. They need a miracle. But if you're the person who broke your teva, then you can give a bracha to break teva. And that's what Hashem told Moshe. Lama titzak elai. Davening is not breaking teva. You got to go into the water and you got to do it now. You can't think about it. And you got to do it, and you and and, and you got it's got to go over your nose, and, and that's what Nashim did, and, and that's what happened. People who don't have Jesus, they don't jump into things. Sometimes you have to jump into things. I have, I don't know if you know anything about me, anyone who's listening, but I have Ornava, which is uh, for girls and women, and I have I have a high school. And I have two seminaries, and I have a, a residential treatment center, a ranch, a lot of things, Baruch Hashem. And everything I've ever done is only because I didn't think about it. I, 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 I saw a need, there was a need for something, and I just did it. 
Because when you start to think about it, you're going to find a hundred reasons not to do it. You're always going to put in your head a hundred reasons not to do it. If 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 something, I'll I'll I'll, I'll give you a way of knowing. So Rabbi Wallstein, how I know should I jump it or not? How do I know it's what Hashem wants? Maybe I'm jumping into something I shouldn't do, right? How do I know if it's the right thing? You know, how how do you know it's the right thing? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to, I'm going to be full of stories today, but I'll, I'll explain to you how. But Lamaisa, so many people say, you know, I thought about having an R novel for post seminary girls. I thought about it for years. I said, and? And did you do it? No, but I thought about it. <laughs> and it doesn't work that way. Cute story. Very cute story about um, thinking about things and not doing it. What's the English word? Procrastinating. How many of you girls are procrastinators? Tomorrow, I'll do my homework tomorrow. Well, Ma, I'll clean my room tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. There's a song like that. Tomorrow, tomorrow. But you know what? When you say I'm going to do it tomorrow, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. I got to do it now, right? What happened? What happened by the base Hamigdash when they said we're collecting money to build the base Hamigdash? What did the Nassim say? Um, when, when everyone finishes giving money and there's money left over to give, we'll take care of it. Yeah, we'll fill it in, right? Well, what happened? Everybody gave, and all of a sudden they're like, we don't need any more money. And the Nassim gave nothing. Moshe Rabbeinu did him a favor. He let them bring a carbon. But all the gold and the silver and the copper and the, and the blue wool and the purple wool and the linen and all that stuff was given by plain Jews. It seemed like, yeah, we'll wait. We, you know, we need, we'll finish the building. Well, guess what? They didn't get to finish the building. You got to start the building. You got to jump. You got to run. You cannot procrastinate. Let me tell you a fantastic story about procrastination. Two stories. I have so many stories. I don't know where to start. My head's blowing up. All right. Here we go. I love this story. Because I know a lot of people that are thinkers, 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 and they don't do nothing. It's because I, I could have opened Ornava. I said, why didn't you? I thought about it. Well, why didn't you? You know, I knew that Jewish girls needed a residential treatment center. You know, the ranch, I had that idea 20 years ago. So why did you do something? I, I thought about it. Loser, loser, loser. Loser. You thought about it, but you didn't do nothing. Anyway, listen to this story. This guy has this horse and he loves, he loves his horse. Like his horse is like, wow, he loves his horse. And he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't want to lose his horse. So he builds a huge barn and he puts the horse in the barn. And then he puts a gate around the barn. And then he says, I got a horse in the barn, a gate around the barn. I'm still not, you know what? I'm going to hire a watchman, some cheap guy, sit outside, watch my barn, $10 an hour, to make, make sure I don't lose my horse. Okay. So, builds a barn, builds a gate, hires a guard, everything's amazing. And overnight, he's a little worried. The next morning, he comes. Ah, oh, Hashem, his horse is still in the barn. He goes over to the guard. I love this story. Because I know so many people like this. And some of you girls, yeah, yeah. See, this story is a little bit about you. Some of you, maybe one or two, but listen to the story. The big thinkers. Anyway, so he says to the guard, um, so last night you were up a whole night watching my horse? Yeah. He says, can you tell me, what were you thinking about a whole night? You know, you're sitting there, what are you thinking about? Like, tomorrow, like, what were you thinking about? He says, I was thinking about the following. When you take a nail and you knock it into a wall, you pull the nail out. There's a hole. Where does the, the wood that was in the hole before, where does it, it's displaced. Where does it, it's displaced? Does it go to the side of the hole? Or when you knock the nail in, it pushes the wood to the end of the hole. Think about this. The side of the hole, the end of the hole. The guy's like, wow, I didn't just hire a watchman. I hired a brilliant guy. You know what? From now on, I'm paying you $15 an hour. You're not stopping. I watch me. You're brilliant. Okay. So he watches the next night. Next morning, he comes by and says, tell me, tell me, what did you think about a whole night when you were watching my horse? So I'm thinking, when you have a, a hole in the bagel, when you have a hole in the bagel, when you finish eating the bagel, where does the hole go? Do you eat it? Does it go into the air? Do you swallow it? 
where does the hole in the bagel go? Well, maybe there was never a hole in the bagel. You see, something with a hole is like a piece of paper, you make a hole in it. But the bagel, you take the bread and you, you connect it. So maybe that hole is not even a hole. Very yeshiva, yeshiva shigai. I love this. So, so maybe when you eat it, like there was never a hole to start with, mafreya. I don't know. The guy's like, wow, this guy's brilliant. Twenty dollars an hour. Okay, twenty dollars an hour. Next day, the guy comes, looks into the barn, girls, and there's no horse. There's no horse in the barn, and he runs over to the watchman, and he says to the watchman. Excuse me, where's my horse? Well, last night at 12 o'clock, I went to check on the horse, and the horse was gone. It's, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. Did, did you go look for the horse? He goes, no. Why not? Says, well, I've been sitting here the whole night thinking like this. If you have a horse... And it's in a barn. And there's a gate around the barn. And there's a watchman. How could the horse get out? I'm trying to figure it out. You idiot! For nine hours? You didn't go after my horse? You're trying to figure it out? Yeah, but when I figure it out, I might I go look for him. <laughs> People sit a whole day and they're trying to figure out. They're trying to figure out. And they're trying to figure out. But they don't do anything about it. Some of us, the horse got away a long time ago, and we're still trying to figure out how it got out instead of chasing it. Some of us, life is passing by, and we're trying to figure out, where's it going? Hello? Get up and jump back into life. Stop thinking so much. Lama Titsake life. Jump into life. Jump into action. Get something done. Stop trying to figure everything out. You don't know how many kids I deal with. They're like trying to figure out where did Hashem come from. So that's it. They don't keep Shabbos. They don't keep anything. Right? Because I don't know where Hashem came from. I'm like, the bottom line, you live in a world. Hashem created the world. When you go after 120 years, you go to Shemayim, he'll let you know where he came from. But in the meanwhile, what are you doing? What are you doing? You get on a plane and you fly to Israel. You sit on the plane like, well, I never took physics. So when pilot, don't go, don't take off yet. Why not? We, we shouldn't go anywhere. Why not? Because this is a 120,000 ton plane made out of metal. And, and you, how do you fly 40,000 feet? First, I got to go to college and I got to learn physics. And then I got to learn aerodynamics. So we should take off in about 12 years. Like, let's not take off. Sugar, get on the plane and get where you're going and get done what you got to do procrastinators always find a reason not to do it. That's what procrastinators do. And Hashem knows the power of the Eight Sahara, right? The power of the Eight Sahara is not now. Stay in bed. Forgive a little later. Not going to change anything. Push off, push off, push off, push off, push off, push off until it doesn't get done. There's reason, my demon, the people who are fast, it, it, it doesn't mean you're like 100, you, you, you can run the mile. That's not what it means. It means up here. It means action. Instead of sitting here, there's a very famous, um, there's a very famous, what do they call them? Uh, not a, a philosopher. And he was walking with all his Talmudim, with all his students. And he was looking up at the stars. And he was telling everyone, about the little dipper and the big dipper and all the different stars and the zodiacs and everything else. And they fell into a 10-foot hole full of mud. I don't even want to tell you what was in that hole. But it wasn't good stuff, right? And, and, and one of the students had the chutzpah to say, a good philosopher, instead of having his head in the sky, looks at where he's working. Like, don't be so busy trying to figure out everything up there. That's Hashem has to worry about. Figure out things down here. Get it done. And the Siyam Nebuch did not have any part whatsoever. And, and you see that, that 
all the people that got things done, you know, you know, Nike, which is one of the biggest sneaker companies in the world, were two guys who used to go and put sneakers in their trunk and go to parks where people were playing ball and sell their sneakers because they realized that the guys you want to sell your sneakers to are the ball players. So we're not going to open a store and pay rent. And today they're trillion, trillion, all the companies, all, not the good Google and all these companies are, they were much smarter people than the people who started Google and, and all the other, all the other computers and all these other things that are millionaires today. And, and, and the guy who started, what's what everyone shops on um, Amazon, the guy who started on Amazon started out of his garage, out of a garage. He, 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 he took over the whole America. The, 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 he took over all this, everything. I mean, I don't have to tell you. I'm sure you girls buy stuff on Amazon. The guy had a brilliant idea. You know how many millions of people had that idea? It's not just a crazy idea what he came up with. He started in his garage. And he said, you know what? People that are busy don't have time to go shopping in the store. So I'm going to be that store online. I, I could have thought of that. Any one of you could have thought of that. Why didn't we th- think about it? I'm sure many people thought about it, but nobody acted on it, except for him. When it comes to the Avedis Hashem, it's the same thing. When you see a need, if you push it off, Hashem's not going to give, it, Hashem's not going to give you the schus to do it. He's going to give it to someone else. There are many, many messengers for Hashem. He doesn't need me to run our Nava. He doesn't need someone else to run something else. But if you're a person who jumps on things, you know, you give a busy person work. You don't give a lazy person. My, 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 my father all of a sudden used to say, I remember I, I was doing a bunch of stuff, Pirche and Jeff and Camp. And, and then someone came to me, I should, te- I should teach his kid. I should learn with his kid. And I said to my father, my father came to me and said, you know, this person called, they want you to learn with, with, with their kid. I said, Ta, my plate is full. You know what my father said? Get a bigger plate. Get a bigger plate. Now, action. Jesus, my kingdom. Again, and those are the girls and those are the women who, who, who make the difference. Those are the ones who make the difference, the ones who don't sit back. Yes, a lot of people have ideas, but the ones, the ones who, 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 who jump in. And we see that. We see that here. We see that. We see that by the scene. We see it by... By, by many things in Klai Yisrael, the, the people that got things done jumped in. Now, 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 I'll end with this. How do you know? Right? What did the Mishnah say? I, I, got, uh, I got into big trouble in yeshiva from this Mishnah. The Mishnah in Pekayelva says, and don't, don't quote Rabbi Wallace when you don't finish your paper in Hebrew or in English. Don't get me into trouble. Get yourself into trouble. The Mishnah says, Lo Alecha Hamlacha Ligmar. It's not for you to finish the work, but it is for you to start. Mission Perkeavos. So, and it's a true story. In eighth grade, I'm scared you're going to use this, and then I'm going to get into trouble. But okay, I don't care. I've been in trouble before. In eighth grade, my Rebbe gave us a three-page Gemara. We had to write a three-page Gemara composition summary. Now, I, can, I was a little bit of a wise guy right? as a kid. It didn't change, and I came. <laughs> I only did one page. So all the guys gave in their Gemara things. I gave in one page. My Rebbe said, Wallerstein, what is this one page? Incomplete homework. I'm like, Rebbe, the Mishnah says, that it's not for you to finish the job, just to start. Rebbe, I started. Get out from my class and don't ever come back. That's what he told me. I got out of the class, of course, I came back. But but what is the Mishnah? What, 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 is that what your parents would tell you? You'd be... Is that what your teachers would tell you? Listen, Shaifala, just start cleaning your room. Don't finish. Just start shoveling the wall. No, no, don't finish. Just start your report. Don't finish. What are you talking about? What's the mission talking about over here? What the mission is saying is much deeper. The mission is saying never think when you take on a project, when you take on something, never think that you could finish it. Without Siyat the Shmaya, without Hashem's help, you can't finish anything. But Hashem wants that you start. Hashem wants you to do something. By the Makos girls, by every Maka, either Moshe or Aaron had to do something. Hit the water, throw ashes into the air, whatever they had to do, lift your stick, 
It never, why did they just say, what's it called? Moshe should have said, okay, dumb, like we do, like we do on, uh, like we do on Pesach, right? He should have said, dumb, sefadeya, kinin, arobo, if you want to do really short, the tzachadash vachav, right? And it, boom, 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 all would have happened. But every single one, he had to take an action. Like Kriyas Yamsuk, he had to put the, he had to pull, the, always with the stick, he always had, why do you have to take an action? And the answer is, Hashem says, I'll do the rest. But you have to start. You have to take the first step. You have to do something. Very interesting, very deep. Listen to this, especially for girls. Listen to this. Not especially for girls, but especially for girls. Because they're always into this marriage and souls, souls, all, all this other stuff. Anyway, um, soulmate, soulmate, soulmate. Big thing. Anyway, so... It says in the Gemara that at 40 days before you come down to the world, girls, they say, Bas Pliny, this girl to this guy, Leploni. There's a whole shot, I forgot it, I would tell you. The Gemara says, Bas Pliny, Leploni, the daughter of this person to this person. Why doesn't it just say Plonis, Leploni, or Bas Pliny to Ben Pliny? Right? Why? What you're saying, Basconi, the, the daughter of this guy to this guy. Either it's the daughter of this guy to the son of this guy or this girl to this boy. I forgot why my girl it says Bas and by him it does. But it doesn't matter. Anyway, so girls, if, if they announced 40 days before you came to the world who you're going to marry, why, why do you have to have feelings? Why do you have to have emotions? Right? I like him. I don't like him. Yeah, okay. So some, some Sadiqim will tell you, I'm not going to get into this discussion today because I'm just going to get into trouble. Um, Rabbi Wallstein is on the side that you have to have some feelings, but there's some good day on that say, no feelings, not about feelings, love shmov, not important. You get married and then you get feelings. Okay, I'm not arguing, I'm not, whatever. But even the ones who say you get married and then you have feelings, believe that there has to be feelings. But yeah, Yitzchak, right? But, but yeah, um, yeah, Yaakov is Rachel. What does that mean? We don't know exactly what that means. All right, there were feelings. Vayahad Yitzchak is Rivka because it reminded him of his mother. So they had feelings. Okay, there was feelings. So why do you have to have feelings? If Hashem's saying you're going to marry this boy, why do you have to have feelings? Because even if Hashem says who you're going to marry, you have to do something in your marriage. There has to be a connection. You, you have to, even though it's going to happen, you have to do an Avaidah. You have to do an Avaidah. You have to put the boy, you have to put the ring and say, Harry, I'm the Kudeshis lead. You have to give her a tzua. There has to be an action. Every, everything that, there has to be an action. Everything has to have, a, has to have an action. So that's why you have to jump into the yamsa. Every, everything we do, there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a famous medrash, I, forget, I think it was Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana was very poor. And everybody was bringing things to build the base Hamikdash. And he wanted to bring something. It's in a medrash rabbah, maybe... Maybe I remember correctly. Maybe in Shira Shirim. It's an amazing story. So he was broken. He was brokenhearted. And he, he didn't give anything. He had no money. All he had in his backyard was a big rock. So he said, I would love to give this rock to build the walls of the base of Middash. But I can't lift this rock. It weighs too much. So he got a bunch of people. He needed like 12 people to lift this rock, to put it on a, on a wagon. And he said, how much would this cost? And they said, 100 or 800 golden dinners. He didn't have a dollar for food. So he said, I can't do it. And he was very broken that he couldn't do it. So he's on his way into the house and three people show up and they say to him, we heard that you want to take this rock to the Beit Hamikdash." He said, yes. And, they, and, he said, and he said, how much would it cost me? And they said, we'll do it for you for free. He said, really? They were malachim. They were angels. No three human beings could lift this rock. They were angels. He said, okay. Amazing. They said, no, but we can't do it to Medrash. We can't do it unless you put your hand underneath the rock and try to lift it. He said, I can't lift the rock. You know, but you have to do it with us. You have to lift the rock with us. Okay, the major says, he put his hand under the rock, 
And in a split second, they were in Yerushalayim. In a split second, they were in Yerushalayim. And then the three Malachim disappeared. So he came to Bezdin and he said to Bezdin, I owe these people who took me money. What, what, how could I pay them? And, they, and Bezdin said they were, they were angels. And so the Medrash asked, so if they were angels, if they were angels, so why did he have to put his hand under the rock? He couldn't do anything anyway. And the Medrash answers, because Hashem will not do a miracle unless the person has a piece of it. So even though he couldn't lift the rock, he had to have his hand under the rock. A person who procrastinates, a person who doesn't have this action of zrizas, a person who it's all about in here, it's all about thinking and should I and could I and would I, and I don't have the money and I don't have the this and I don't have that, Nothing ever gets done. It's the people who mamish jump in. They have an idea and they jump in. Now the question is, and this is the last story we're going to end with, Mitzvah How do I know if the idea that I have, I should jump in? Maybe I'm jumping into something I shouldn't do. Maybe I'm just rationalizing. Right? So... I'll end with this story. And a lot of people rationalize and they really do things that they shouldn't do. And they make it right. They make it right because we don't like to do things that are wrong. They rationalize. Karach, the, the worst, right? What happened by Karach? Children die. Children don't die. Because children, children die. Everyone died. The ground opened up. Hashem had to make a miracle. Open up the ground. Swallow Karach. Two and a half, two, 250 uh, Zekadim all died. Everybody died. It was, like, it, was not, it was not normal what happened, right? Why? It says that Kairach was as much was as big as Moshe Rabbeinu. What happened? He rationalized. What did he say? Did he come to Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron and say, "Listen, I'm jealous. We want to do an Avera." What did he tell all these 250 tzaddikim that went with him? What did he tell them? He said to them, "Kulam kedayshim." He rationalized. Not only is Moshe and Aaron holy, everybody is holy. And if we're all holy, and Hashem loves us all, then why should Aaron and Moshe be different? It was the biggest Avera. But in Karach's head, and all his followers, he was the biggest Sadiq. Biggest Sadiq. So we could do something really bad, girls, go against Moshe and Aaron, go against Hashem, and rationalize it to the point where we're saying, Kulam Kedoshim, not only we're not bad, not only we're just not playing with Sadiqim, in the name of God. I'll say it in a very powerful way. There's a very famous saying, and I can tell you that it's true. The road to Gehenna is paved with good intentions. With people who think they're doing the best things in the world. Right now, right now in America, right now in America, okay, the pro-abortionists, which Lahalacha and according to Yiddishkeit, you're killing a child. You're killing a child, right? We know that. That's halacha. And, 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 and when he becomes president, they're going to pass a law. You could do it in the ninth month. Ninth month, if you've ever seen the sonogram, Baruch Hashem, I have grandchildren. He has a heart and a head and smile and eyes and lips and ears and a lungs and everything. But the pro-abortionists say that you are allowed to kill this child in the ninth month. Now, if they said we're murderers and we're killers and we're evil and we're from Sedaim, maybe they'll do tshuva one day. And that's not what they're saying. They're saying we are defending the rights of the mother. The mother is walking in this world and the child is not. Kulam Kedoshim. What we're doing is not, not that it's bad, it's good. The mother. So that rishus never changes. That's called rationalization. So how do I know if I'm rationalizing? Now, one thing, if I'm jumping into something I should do, or if I'm jumping into something I shouldn't do, and this is the last story. I read this story in the Jerusalem Post 20 years ago. 
And it made such a ration on me that I have never, ever forgotten it. There were... What's that? Oh, we're good? Okay. I don't know what that was, but okay. A little music interlude. Okay. So this is how the story went. This is a true story. There was a, a, a group of soldiers, Israeli soldiers, in the Judean desert in the middle of the summer. I don't know if any of you have been in the Judean desert in the summer. It's about 160 degrees in the shade. It is so hot, you cannot breathe. You go there, if you go on a, a tour, a jeep tour, you go like at 7 o'clock in the morning and you're out of there by 8, 9 o'clock. You can't, you can't breathe. Anyway, they were, they, were ch- they were chasing a bunch of terrorists and two of the soldiers got separated and they ended up being lost and they're on this sand dune and in the middle of the day, the sun is beating down on them. They have no water left in their canteen and they're dying. They're on top of a sand dune hoping that some helicopter will find them and they're dying. Their mom is dying. And what happens, you should never know from it when you're dying of thirst, you begin to hallucinate. And when you hallucinate, you begin to see mirages. You begin to see things that are not there. But you become feverish and your mamas believe that they're there. So these two guys are laying up there and one of them is already has high fever and he looks down from the, the top of this sand dune and he starts screaming at his friend, Yaakov, Yaakov, Hashem made a miracle. On the bottom I see big lake. Come, let's go down, jump into the lake. And he starts pulling, they write the story like this. And he starts pulling his friend down the sand dune and his friend realizes he wasn't that sick yet, that if we go to the bottom, they'll never find us, we're dead. So, so he has to stop it. So he says, Chaim, 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 stop pulling me. Okay, I'm going, I'm going with you, you don't have to pull me. But before we go, just do me a favor. And he shakes him and he says, listen to me. You see a lake? Yes, I see a lake. He says, look up. What do you see? He says, I, I see the sun. What else? I see the sky. He says, okay. Water. He's looking him in the eye. He goes, water, water, water reflects. Now, you look down at your lake. If you see the sun in your lake and the blue sky, I'm coming with you. Because then it's true, it's water and it's a miracle. But if you don't see the sun or, or, or the blue sky, and it's not water's not reflecting, it means it's not water. Chaim, it's sand, and we're both going to die. He looks over the sand dune. He says, I vey, I vey, I vey, I don't see the sun. I don't see blue sky. I vey, it's sand, I vey. He said, 10 minutes later, the helicopters come, they save them. They go to the hospital. This guy writes, and he wrote in the, in the, in the Israeli newspaper, but the Yediyat Achronot, but they, they copied it into the Jerusalem Post, how brilliant his friend who saved him from going down was about looking at the lake when you're hallucinating and you see a mirage to look at to look at the reflection to see if there's a reflection. So today, on Hashem first, and this is the perfect story. When you want to do something, before you do it, look at what you're about to do. Is the reflection of Hashem in what you're about to do? If the answer is yes, do it. If the answer is, I don't think so, it's a mirage. It's not Torah, it's not Mayim, it's the Satan, it is sand. What do I mean? I don't know the ages of the girls that are watching, but I can tell you that not long ago, a few weeks ago, a girl ruined, ruined the shidduch of another girl, destroyed it. And I met the girl who destroyed it because the girl whose shidduch was destroyed could not get past what what her old friend did to her. So I asked to speak to her. This girl sat in front of me and defended herself and said, Rabbi Wallerstein, the family asked me about her past. And I told them that, yes, she was with a boy at the time that I was her friend. And you have to tell the truth. You have to tell the truth. If people ask you a question like that, and she was with him. You have to tell the truth. I said, really? You could have said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what she was with. I don't know. I have no idea. Ask her. 
I said, maybe you're a little jealous that she's on her eighth date, almost about to get engaged, and you don't have a date? Maybe. No, no, no. That's not why I did it. You have to tell the truth. I said, really? Do you think if you ask Hashem, my friend's about to get engaged, should I tell them or should I just say I don't know? It's not my business. What do you think Hashem would say? I don't know. I said, well, maybe if you would have gone to school and you would have listened to your teachers and you would have learned, maybe you would know the answer. What do you mean? I said, when Hashem went to Sari Imenu and said to her, you're going to have a child, Sari Imenu said to Hashem, started laughing and said, it's impossible. My husband is too old. Avram is too old. He can't have children. When Hashem came to Avram, and Avram said, you spoke to my wife? It's a plus in the Torah. You spoke to Sarah. Hashem said, yes. What did she say when you told her she's going to have a child? Hashem said, she said, she's too old. Says Rashi, Hashem lied. Hashem changed the truth for Shalom Bayis. Because he didn't want Avram to be heard, hurt that his wife said he's too old. So Hashem said, she said, she's too old. That's not what she said, girls. She said, he's too old. So I said, if you would have learned that and understood that for Shalom Bayis, Hashem changed. I didn't ask you to change. I didn't ask you to lie. What you need to say is, I don't know. You weren't there. What do you know? Because she told you? All you have to say is, I don't know. Ask somebody else. I have no idea. I didn't tell you to lie. I said, Hashem's reflection was not in your answer. The Satan's reflection was in your answer. So before we jump into something, we just need to ask the question, is this what Hashem wants? And if you don't get the answer, then go to a goggle, go to a rub, go to your parents and say, you think this is what Hashem wants? My high school, you have time for another one more little thing? Shake your head yes or shake your head no. One little more story? Okay, one more little story. So I have a high school for girls who Benos High Academy, BCA, girls who went through a lot of trauma in their life. Uh, most of them don't keep Shabbos. They, you know, they went through Mamash Gehenna, Gehenna on this world. And um, for years and years, they would have a whole week of school. and We have therapy in school. But, but what, ha- what would happen is that they were coming from dysfunctional homes. And then every Thursday, every Friday, Shabbos, Sunday, they would go back home to the, to the dysfunction. And, um, and, and, and whatever we did from Monday to Thursday, we lost. But then they came back, they were high, they had this, they had this, whatever. All the stuff they did on the weekend, and we had to start again, we had to start again. So pretty much, we were like that little gerbil that runs around, right? Um, we weren't getting anywhere, we were wasting our time. So I realized that if I, if, I don't, if, I don't, if I don't have a dorm or a house for them, for Shabbos, I'm wasting my time. So, but that costs a lot of money. So I went to Eretz Yisrael to show you what it's Sadiq, and, and I was very close to Rav Steinman. And Erev Yom Kippur, the day before Yom Kippur, I went to Rav Steinman, I said to Rav Steinman, I said, Rav Steinman, um, my girls really want their own house to live in because um, they can't go to their parents. It's very dysfunctional. I really want it. I think it's something that we should do, but it's going to cost me about $350,000. I found something, but we have to fix it. We have to renew it. Um, and this God of Steinman, who I was close to, looks at me and he says, Who says Hashem wants such a house? I was like, what? I said, no, 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 Rabbi. It's not for me. I thought he misunderstood. I don't want a new house. I don't, I don't want to redo my house for $350,000. No, no, no. It's for a bunch of girls that, that, are, that, that need it. They're on the street. They're dead. It's functional. He looks at me again. He goes, Who says Hashem wants such a home? I try to ask him a third time. The guy says, you got the answer out. I was so broken, Yom Kippur. I was like, I went to my tzaddik. And he's like, Hashem doesn't want such a house. I was broken. But I'm a machutzif, a little bit. So the file, and, and you should know, it was interesting because I had someone that was going to give me the money. So, you know, even though Rav Steinman said no, you know, when you don't get the answer you want, you do it anyway. So I went around and I found this guy who was going to give me $350,000 for the girls. He felt bad. He had a daughter that was off the derech. Got some ice. I'm like, okay, Rav Steinman, you give me the bracha, but you know, Hashem wants whatever. And Mamish, a week before, I was supposed to start hiring the guys. The guy calls me up. 
and says, I'm really sorry. I apologize. One day I'll help you, but I just got this building that I, I have to invest in and I have to come at the 350. I got to go there. I'm sorry for letting you down. I'm like, don't mess with us, time. He didn't give you a bracha. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. All right. Following you, just show you a gadol, how he listens to everywhere. Rosh Steinman saw probably between one young kibber and another young kibber, 10,000 other people besides me, for sure. Okay. I come to Rosh Steinman the day before Yom Kippur. A year later, I'm like, Rosh Steinman, I'm mamish losing these girls. I need this house. I'm begging you. Klai needs it. I need it. The girl needs it. Hashem needs it. I need this house. Their mom is dying in the streets, overdose. I need this house. I need the rug to give me a bracha. I was going to say, not like last year, but I didn't say that. He looks at me and he says, Bezrat Hashem, you're going to have the house. It's going to be easy to raise the money. And then he says, and the Shechina is going to live there with the girls. This was my dream brother. So I had to ask him. I, said, I thought maybe I did not very last year. I don't know. I said, Rosh Hashiva, let's do your last year. The Rashiva said that who says Hashem wants such a house? And this year, you're telling me he's moving in? Like, what happened? You know what he answered me? He said, last year, you said you want such a house. The girls want such a house. Hashem doesn't always give you what you want. But this year, you said you need such a house. Hashem always gives you what you need. You hear a gadol? He heard last year I said want, and this year I said need. Hashem always gives you what you need. doesn't always give you what you want. But what you need, he always gives you. May Hashem give all of you what you need. And thank you very much. You should always be able to see in every maisa that you do in your life, always, always see the reflection of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And don't be like the guard of the horse. Don't sit there trying to figure out everything because you end up getting nowhere. Jump in. Get it done. And all of you will be able to, to do amazing things in Mitzvah for Klai Yisrael in this world. Hatzlach and thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.